we don't have to stay where we are. We don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to stay in that state of, of floundering faith. And I really, really want you to hear this message today, especially if you are going through something really hard, very devastating. And listen, if you have listened to my other message recently about comparison, please don't feel that you need to compare yourself to me or to anybody else to determine whether or not what you're going through is devastating or difficult. We're all where we are. So don't feel as if you need to discount where you are if it's not as big as somebody else. Or if it's bigger than somebody else, then you think this message won't apply. It does apply to you, whatever it is you're going through. These are the four things, the four pillars of faith that have somehow held me up during the most devastating years of my life and even currently going through when I'm still walking out. So all hell broke loose for me in 2004 when my daughter, Jamie, was 18 years old and she was shot by her ex-boyfriend. Now, you have to understand that it wasn't just boom, she was shot. She'd actually been on a pretty nasty path for the past three years, starting when she was 15. She just went off the rails. I mean, this was literally the smartest, most gifted person I knew. The girl I used to say would be the first woman president. And suddenly, chaos ensued. And at the age of 18, she's shot by this guy who we suspected all sorts of things, but wound up finding out that he was a gang member. We lived in Bellevue, Washington, and he lived in a part of Seattle that we never even went to. Somehow, Jamie had made her way into that world. And the day that she was shot, we were plunged into a world of, you know, ICU. Sure, I'd seen it on TV, but my daughter was laying in ICU waiting to see if she would wake up from life-saving surgery. And we had detectives and victims advocates and all sorts of craziness going around. It was like an, an unreal dream. It was like a nightmare. And over the next several years, life got worse. I'm telling you, it just went downhill from there. And parallel to that, I had a ton of other really huge, massive life challenges, lost loved ones, had a lot going on over those years while I was watching my daughter and eventually learned what I had suspected, that she was addicted to drugs. She became addicted to the the uh, oxy they gave her in the hospital after that shooting. And eventually she was addicted to heroin. And I have to tell you something, saying that H word is very easy for me now. The first time I heard heroin in the same sentence with my daughter's name, I nearly fell off my chair. I almost threw up. It made me sick. I couldn't even believe that I was there. And I kept begging God to change something you know, I would be willing to do anything. What can we do to help her? How can we help her? I prayed my brains out and things just got worse and worse and worse. And so finally, when I started to do the work that I'm doing now, and I wrote my first book, Still Standing After All the Tears and workbooks and started on this path, I really did increase my faith. I learned that I didn't have control and that my faith was not connected to how things were going to turn out. And so what I did is I prayed for a miracle. Every morning I prayed for a miracle for my daughter. And then I let her go. 
I would let her go for the day. And that's how I got through. But let me tell you something important here. Connected to that miracle was my belief that she was going to make it, that I was going to get my miracle. I believed I would see my miracle one day. Well, 12 years and 12 days after my daughter was shot for the first time, Jamie was shot again by a completely different person. And this time it was fatal. I got the knock on the door that my daughter had been murdered the night before. And it devastated me. As you can imagine, it blew a permanent hole in my heart. But this is where this message comes into play here. What it almost did to my faith. Had I not already started wearing spiritual armor and figuring some of this stuff out, I'm afraid of what it may have done to my faith completely. And I want you to know that I, I like to say I'm not some super duper church girl. I'm not. I, as I'm recording this, I don't even go to church. And I know some of you who are real big churchgoers might think that's terrible, but I believe God is everywhere and I do study and get my messages and all of that. It's just not something I'm doing currently in my life. So I don't want you to think that I'm giving you some preachy message here. I'm just telling you what has worked for me. The four pillars that have really held me up. When I found myself saying to God out loud. Yep. I said it out loud just in case, you know, he had a hearing aid or something. I mean, I yelled it. I yelled it that he got it wrong. I said, God, you got this one wrong. You blew this. You blew it. Okay. Think about this. Little old Valerie Silvera is telling God what's what I was. I was so upset. I said, Jamie could have changed the world. She could have gone on to be the counselor she wanted to. She had so many abilities. All you had to do is jam the gun. That's all you had to do, God. You could have caused that guy to not be in the same place where she was. You could have changed so many circumstances. I know God didn't pull the trigger. I was just mad that he didn't intervene. He didn't give me my miracle. Do you want to know what it felt like? This is the truth. It felt like a big middle finger from heaven. It was me every morning believing for my miracle. And then that day, knowing my miracle could never happen, would never happen, wasn't possible. It felt like a big middle finger from heaven. And I was pretty mad at God. Thankfully, not for long. And I did forgive myself for my outburst. Because I figured that God's been yelled at by better people than me. I'm pretty sure Mother Teresa probably had a thing or two to say to God over the years. And so I just finally had to forgive myself and pick up my spiritual armor that I had flung against the wall. Hey, listen, my spiritual armor over the years was dented and dinged and rusted and and all sorts of stuff anyway. I put it in closets and tried to forget about it and stomped on top of it many times. So I picked up that abused spiritual armor, and put it back on. And really, these are the four pillars. And and I hope that there are four reasons that you could use to put your spiritual armor back on or keep it on that can hold you up, that are holding me up now. These four pillars. First of all, the some things don't make sense file. Now, this one's really important because Jamie the brilliant person that she was with all of her gifts and talents talents and abilities, more than most people I know, more than the imaginable, went down that road. 
It makes no sense if you had known her for the first 15 years. It still didn't make sense even when she was in her addiction because I could still see who she was. It didn't make any sense. That's where I had to file it. Somewhere in your mind, you need to create the some things don't make sense file and you just have to file these things there. The things that are causing you to be angry with God that are causing you to lose your faith because you're just so just wiped out, confused. You feel like it's so unfair. This is where you file these types of things. It's where I have placed the abandonment of my biological father repeatedly. It's where I put the massive betrayal of a friend. It's where quite a few things in my life are sitting those things that I just don't understand. There are too many things in this life that we are never going to understand. And we can literally drive ourselves crazy asking why and trying to figure these things out. It's best if you just file them in the some things don't make sense file so that you can focus on other areas of your life. Another of the pillars that holds me up spiritually is remembering that I would much rather walk with God not knowing what's around the next corner, not having any idea what the future holds, then without him trying to pretend I have it all together or that I can somehow make everything turn out a certain way. Whether or not I walk with God, stuff's going to happen. And even unpleasant things and scary things and sad things, that's life on this planet. I'd sure much rather have God walking right beside me through it all. That's the second pillar. The third one is for you to consider the bigger picture. For me, when my daughter was murdered, I've had to consider that perhaps she was on a worse road than than we even realized. And I've really come to believe that, that she was headed down an even worse path and we were spared. I know that it seems that, that death is the worst thing because I know that Jamie's with God. I don't think death is the worst thing. For us left to try to deal with the broken heart with a big massive hole in my heart that's never going anywhere, it can seem pretty big. But I've decided that I don't understand it all, like I said, and so why don't I just walk it out and consider that there's a bigger picture at play, that some good things can come from that, from all of this. And the last thing is to find the collateral beauty, and that really relates to what I just mentioned. Good comes from bad. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. The number of people that have crossed my path, that were placed in my path prior to Jamie's murder, during this difficult walk and afterwards. The things that I've learned, the wisdom that I've gained, the peace that surpasses my understanding, it's all come from this difficult situation but I wouldn't have found it if I really wasn't focused on having a good attitude and using my nine actions and living this life. I would have missed it all because what we focus on becomes magnified. And when we're so focused on the negative and everything that's going wrong, we miss what's going right. My friends, when something devastating happens to you, collateral damage is easy to see. It's that shrapnel that's stuck in your heart and it's laying on the ground everywhere. The fallout 
collateral damage is in your face. The collateral beauty might be a little more difficult for you to find, but it's sitting there in amongst that shrapnel, in, a, in and amongst the collateral damage is the collateral beauty, but it's your job to look for it. It's your job to accept it, acknowledge it, and then take it in and, and allow it to change your life. So those are the four pillars that I have used to one degree or another while I was clawing my way through all of this chaos. Definitely the four pillars that I'm using now, they, they continue to hold me up. We have a murder trial ahead because after nearly three years, the guy who is suspected of murdering my daughter was finally arrested. And so we've got who knows how many years it'll take to get to trial. Who knows what'll happen during the trial? Who knows if there will be another trial? Who knows if there will be parole? Who knows? It's a, it's a massive road ahead. And so I continue to use these four things to hold me up. And I hope that you can find some wisdom in here that you can apply to your life and you can use these same four pillars to hold you up after all hell breaks loose, to hold you up when it seems like your world is falling apart. Hang in there. You're not alone. I'm standing with you. And until we meet again, I want you to remember that your story matters. So live it courageously. Thanks again for listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Please be sure to follow me on social media and go to my website at ValerieSilvera.com where I have lots of awesome resources to help you stand up and fight and to remain standing. Link arms with me. You are not alone and you don't have to do this alone. Together, we can get through anything. Please know that I'm always standing with you. Have an awesome day.